Welcome. You're listening to the Grow Ortho Podcast, presented by HIP. This podcast is dedicated to orthodontists who want to stand strong in their market and be leaders in their community. Now, on to today's show. Amanda, thanks so much for coming on the Grow Ortho Show today. Thanks for having me, Luke. Definitely. So tell us just a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. So my name is Amanda DeMora. I own Essential Dental Services. We are a remote dental billing company for all specialties. And so we offer kind of full revenue cycle management for dental offices remotely. We're a bit more of a boutique company than some of the some of the larger ones for sure. Over the last year or so, I have been really trying to branch into creating resources for offices so they can download our materials that make the whole behind the scenes go round if they're not quite ready to resource uh, outsource sorry um or if outsourcing just isn't for their practice because it's really not for every practice uh and then also um make some training guides specifically for ortho because that was a little bit of how I got my start my my heart just says ortho. <laughs> and yeah. I, I saw a lot of need uh, for orthodontic billing training. So I launched a orthodontic training guide, orthodontic billing training guide at the end of last year. But that is essentially me in the in a nutshell. I've been in the dental space for almost two decades, a long time. I was a teenager. Uh, wow. <laughs> but a long time. So what'd you do when you got your start? So I started going down the hygiene route. So I was in college. Okay. I was doing, you know, prereqs and heading into the hygiene program and working front office at a dental office. And um, they were training me to uh, be a dental assistant, which I did for many years as well. And that was great. So a little bit of this and that all over the place. But I just... Clinical was just not for me, like, and I I could really go off on a tangent about that. <laughs> uh, but my heart just really always uh, was with the behind the scenes financials that make a dental practice run. Loved dental insurance, loved getting claims overturned, and that was kind of how my company started too. Was a okay. very very first office I went into was an orthodontic office that was really struggling with their AR and there was some weird things going on behind behind the scenes there. I helped clean up their AR and I did that again for local practices and again and then eventually years later kind of taking that to more of a remote long-term client type of structure. When you say it's not for everybody, which I can appreciate because <laughs> I think uh, really good products or services, you know, typically they're, they're not for everybody. It depends where you're at, what you've got going on, what your goals are. What's that mean specifically for what you do? Some offices that are not, well, one, not every office needs to outsource their billing and their verifications and their AR if they have good systems in place or, you know, a dedicated team member to do that. And there's a lot of those practices out there and that's wonderful. Um, but some of the ones that specifically it isn't a match for. So these are just some of the things that we've come in contact with yeah, over yeah. the years is if there is no one within that office because they're really struggling with staffing for us to communicate with ever, it's probably not a good setup. Um, we need to be able to have a contact person to ask questions. Uh, a lot of the insurance, you know, billing part of it is them scanning items and us kind of 
entering in the information, if no one's doing the scanning in the office, I mean, it's just tough. Yeah. There are some offices out there that are a little uh, disorganized and that can be tough. You kind of have to have some systems in place to be ready to outsource. Do you find that a lot of the practices you work with, you're, you're communicating with the doctor or is it always someone underneath the doctor in the practice or is it both in some cases? The majority, it's a team member. So an office manager or an insurance coordinator or something like that. But I'd say about 50-50 is the doctors reaching out to us to start, to start the conversation, find out about our services, find out about what makes us different. And um, then they kind of pass the baton to their office manager or, or team lead or something. So when you go into practice and you said, you know, you, I guess you started doing this by working within a practice as a team member. Yep. And now obviously you're, you're doing this full scale, um, underneath your, your company. What's it look like to go in and, and how do you identify that somebody is a good candidate and you can actually help them? What are some of the things that their, their pain points or things that are keeping them up at night? Um, well, I think the major, you know, when this, when I first started the company, my goal was, I said, I wanted to alleviate the workload of the front office. I always felt like they were doing so many things and Mm -hmm. really trying to focus on patients in front of them, but also their heads down, their posting insurance checks, all of that stuff is so much that goes on behind the scenes at a front office. And that was my goal, alleviate alleviate their workload. And it's really shifted now into offices not being able to have enough staff or adequate staff that can do this. And quite frankly, whoever is sending your insurance claims, posting your insurance checks, following up on those claims, they have, depending on the size of the practice, this is multi-million, you know, many millions of dollars in this person's hands. So you want to make Mm. sure that person knows what they're doing and is complying with the law and uh, guidelines and all that stuff. So I think their biggest pain point these days is finding knowledgeable staff. Um, I honestly think uh, after COVID, a lot of people left the dental space, which I'm sure you know. You've heard all about that and dealt with that. And a lot of them want to work from home. I, I kind of always joke like everybody wants to work for for me. That's that's where all the qualified billers are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with us. You know, we have remote positions here at HIP, and we don't have issues finding people. You know, because right. we, we don't have a you don't have to show up at office. You don't have to go somewhere. So people yeah. like that. I, I don't. I not me personally. Do. I don't love working from home, uh, but. Um, yeah, there. I have no shortage of resumes, that's for sure. We're very selective with them, but no shortage of them. You know, there could be thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, in some cases millions. Mm-hmm. Do practice owners really know what they're missing or, or know where this money is or how to collect it? Or do do you find that a lot of them lose track of it and it becomes out of sight, out of mind? And they're not collecting what they could be. Absolutely. I would say, you know, with all of my clients, it's probably been about 50-50. A lot of doctors, they've never run a report. 
they've never looked at that. Mm. They've never seen kind of what their bottom line there was and how much is outstanding. I think a lot of them did take a look at that during COVID when, you know, practices were closed and they were thinking, okay, we kind of need some money. What's outstanding? Yeah. What do we got for outstanding yeah. claims? What can we try to collect on here? So they took a look then. And I also think that um, startup practices, fresh doctors out of school, they're getting pretty darn savvy with what needs to go on uh, at the front office in terms of insurance and claims and revenue and revenue cycle management. Um, and, the, and they kind of train themselves to start, which has been great because we've worked with quite a few startups lately. And that's just refreshing. They want to know what's going on. I feel like some yeah. of the old older uh, dentists out there don't. And that's great. That's fine, too. Um, but yeah, kind of a little mix. Well, I think it it's habits, too. So if there's a startup who, and we find that, too, they're, they're wanting to start things the right way. There's a clean slate. A lot of times that's easier if, if you can do it and find the right partners and the right things that you need to look at. You know, we're creatures of habit. So if you're 10 years in, 20 years in, and this has become something that you haven't managed well, and then the COVID, all that stuff has happened, and, you know, you can't find good team members and recruiting is more difficult. I would imagine this is a massive pain point and most people don't know what's possible and they need someone like you to really help them. Right. And another thing, I think sometimes depending on the situation, we've had a lot of doctors reach out. They're like, my AR is, my outstanding claims are at a million dollars. I want to collect that million. Well, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's too old to collect or it's years and yeah, years old. It's too late. And yeah, it's, they're really collecting a, a, a fraction of that. So we try to manage expectations from the beginning, of course. Maybe give us a look into some of the training or ebooks or white papers that you have created. What are some of the things listeners can start looking at today to try and get an idea and a, a handle on this? So the resources that we have right now, so we have a lot of our, you know, customized Google Sheets that we're using to keep track of outstanding claims, uh, other forms and templates, EFT reconciliation spreadsheets, and these are all pretty dynamic. Um, they're making our mm. business go around, so um, we wanted to make them available to offices who need them. And in terms of training guides, so... The only one that I have right now, but we are obviously working on more for 2024, is my orthodontic billing guide called Orthodontic Billing Unraveled. And this is a beginner's guide. So this probably isn't for a seasoned veteran who's been doing ortho billing for 20 years by any means. But one of the needs I was seeing was two, two uh, general offices starting to offer clear aligners. That's huge. And their front office has never billed that before. They have no idea how orthodontics work in terms of insurance billing. So uh, I see questions about that all the time, and especially from my clients too. And I had been looking at what's out there for resources, and there were some things, and they were okay, but I felt like I could do a lot better. I created an ebook, really starts from the beginning of like that first appointment, treatment planning, financial planning, walking you all the way to the end, which is retention. In the middle, really focusing on insurance codes, keywords, coordination of benefits, what they what the insurance wants on that orthodontic claim and box by box. Um, 
And we include a lot of our spreadsheets in it too. So our AR trackers, our, you know, insurance verification forms, a, a lot of, like I said before, things that are making our business go around, we included in there. But it's heavily focused on insurance right in the middle because that's how I wanted it to be. Yeah. So it is, I've had some offices use it as a training resource for new orthodontic treatment coordinators who may be brand new to their office. Because another thing I was sort of finding was at ortho offices, so the majority of dental offices out there are general offices. Therefore, the majority mm-hmm. of front office administrative positions and people have a general background. So when they bounce over to a specialty like ortho, um, they're a little bit lost there. So we've had some offices use this as a training guide for their new staff hires who are brand new to ortho or brand new to dental period. Um, so yeah, that's what this has been for. And it was a lot of fun to make. Um, like I said, ortho kind of has my heart. (laughs) How do, uh, listeners get that guide? So I have that available on my website for a download, which if you want to link that, you are more than welcome to do. Yeah. We'll put that in the show notes and then you work. So obviously, you know, you talk uh, and this is an orthodontic show, but we yeah. do have other specialties listed, yep. you know, general dentistry, oral, pediatric. You work in all those uh, verticals as well? Yep. Yep. We have clients of across all specialties. And um, when we're kind of assigning account managers to our different clients, they obviously have to have had a, a background in that specialty. So, Do you find that in orthodontics, uh, there's a lot of offices that are not in network that you still work with? Can you, do you offer any type of insights with getting in contracts or anything? What What's that look like? I actually have been seeing that more and more lately, don't you think? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what your kind of experience has been, but yeah, offices that are just totally out of network uh, that are, yeah. you know, they're offering a superior experience and they don't necessarily need to be. But of course we can still work with them. They're they're still submitting claims, most of them, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, unless yeah. they're fee for service, which I don't quite see a lot of those. Uh, so yeah, still working on submitting claims, tracking those claims. Ortho is a completely different animal in terms of billing with the treatment being spaced over years. So, and dealing with insurance companies for years. So, yeah, we see that a lot, but we also run into offices who maybe they want to change that model a little bit and they want to go more volume based to grow. Because mm-hmm. a lot of them don't know how to do that. You know, we have partners that are out of network. That's the way they've always done it. Now they want to start getting contracts with insurance companies. Is there any type of insights you guys have there? Or do you refer them to someone else or do, is is there, and I only ask because there's so many people who ask us about this. So I'm (laughs) just curious your take on this and and what you've run into. I would say that's definitely not like my, my niche by any means, Uh, but I would really encourage them to evaluate what those contracts are looking like and what their reimbursement yeah. is looking like. Um, if they can give them some estimates of how many people do you have in this area that are in this network, that's really important. Um, I've seen some that don't really have much at all. So mm-hmm. definitely evaluating that and looking at the reimbursement for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, if you do want to grow – 
that can really be a great referral source to get in contract with these companies who, like you're saying, if, if there's a lot of people who live in your area, let's say there's a big corporate player and they all have a certain insurance company, um, that's a great way to start looking at growth um, if, if you find yourself in that position. I do think it's something patients certainly look forward to. You know, you're talking about parents and multiple 100%. children. Orthodontics is an expensive expense. They want to go somewhere in network where they can save as much as they can. So it's different from other specialties in, in that sense as well. Um, yeah, so <laughs> th- those are my my guiding tips there for sure. But a yeah, great insurance good. company is going to be doing your marketing, a little bit of marketing for you. You know, they're putting you out there. They're putting totally. your name on lists. So is there any type of, I know you mentioned broad strokes, uh, somewhat of a case study with, with an office or two, but is there anything you can share? You know, here's office A, here's the state that it was in we were able to go in and after X amount of time, here's what happened. Absolutely. Uh, One here in Massachusetts, they had a million dollars worth of outstanding claims. I usually tell offices um, when this is the case, when it's that large of a number, that's a big number, uh, it's going to take a little while. This is not an overnight process, but we got their AR down to, I think, 3%. So that's, you know, kind of the over 90 days, 3%. And cleaned up that entire million dollars. That took four months, but that's reasonable in the grand scheme of things. Like I said, not an overnight process, multiple team members working on that. Um, Some of our others, I think office in Texas, kind of the same story, not quite a million dollars, but our goal is to always, and we've succeeded with this across the board, you want that outstanding AR, the over 90 days, to be under 3%. I mean, I ideally want it at 0%. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's our, our goal and our bar. That's awesome. Anything else that you want to chat about, go over, that we have not discussed that would add value to, to listeners? Well, in terms of our company and and what sets us apart, if anyone is looking to either work with us or even if you're interviewing other remote companies, you're thinking about outsourcing, I think there's some key questions that people should be asking them if these questions are important to the office. So one of the things that I sat down and thought of immediately was, okay, what's going to set what's going to set us apart? This is a bit of a saturated market and we want to stand out. So everyone who is on my team has to have been a practice manager for at least seven years or a revenue cycle manager. Yes. So they have to have a lot of experience. This is not like on the job training. Everyone is here in the US. Uh, We have a lot of people who have designations with ADOM, bachelor's degrees, master's degrees. So really a, a large group of talented ladies. And I think when people are finding us and choosing us, it is for that reason. They know that their revenue cycle is going to be in the hands of a true expert. So that's something to be on the lookout for when you're interviewing companies and questions to ask there is, what's the experience? Where are you guys located? Um, What's the reporting like? We send weekly reports to the office every Friday on what we've been working on and what improvements have been in AR and things like that. If somebody does want to learn more, how should they contact you? 
So I would say right on our website, which is essentialdentalservices.com. And within our website, there's lots of buttons to find uh, me and also our COO, Sarah, and some other team members and reach out to us that way. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Luke. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about HIP or any of the topics in this episode, send an email to hello at hipcreativeinc.com. That's hello at hipcreativeinc.com or jump over to our website at hip.agency.